Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So I'm super excited because today we have a very special guest. We have Benita Condi with us, and she is the owner and creator of Create Radical Love. And she is here today to talk to us a little bit about who she is and what her mission and purpose is in life and how she can possibly help you. So welcome, Benita. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's an honor to be here. It's so great to have you here today. So why don't you um, just start telling us a little bit about who you are and how you created this um, program. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been a lifelong journey. Um, so I will, I will stick to the highlights. Um, and, you know, you so beautifully mentioned, um, you know, my purpose and, and service. And I just wanted to start with that. And my ultimate, my highest excitement is holding space for others for them to see and experience their infinite self. And we're so conditioned to believe in the small self and to play things safe and maybe not live a fully expressed or fully expansive life. And I lived my life from those places for many years, for the majority of my life in various ways and forms, which I'll share. But now it's very much about create radical love, a life coaching approach, a holistic uh, holding space approach for people to look at all of the aspects of their lives. I do work with businesses as well, and I'll get into that um, in terms of how that connects to my journey. Um, so it can be applied. Living a whole and fully loved life can be applied to anything. Uh, and we've also been so conditioned to believe that we are meant to compartmentalize our lives like profession being separate from maybe our spiritual life if we have one being separate from our maybe family life and experience or friends and community. And those separations never felt right to me. It never felt good. It felt so like contracted and like pulling at each other. And so these are some of the big themes that led to me creating my own business and creating Create Radical Love. Um, so I, my first professional expression was that of a classical ballet dancer. So I was a really focused kid. I knew I wanted to be a dancer at eight. I trained for that. I moved to New York city at 17 and I danced professionally until I was 22. Wow. And that was my first love, <laughs> my first addiction, my first intense focus. It dictated everything in my life. And so it served incredibly positive purposes. It taught me dedication, commitment, intensity in terms of focus and something that you really love. Um, all of those like wonderful attributes to explore and experience and also a lot of creativity and creating things with others. But it, it has a dark side <laughs> and it's very much about perfectionism and the physical body and the physical body looking and acting and behaving in as perfect ways as possible for that particular form, art form. Yeah, that had to be very difficult to, to deal with the very stringent like diet and uh, sure that you were practicing so that you were perfect. I can only imagine what that must have created for you. 
Yeah. And you, and I did it from such a young age and I didn't know myself then. Like I know the truth of myself now. So, you know, you, you're looking at all of this external feedback from others to give you a sense of self, like the idea of self-confidence and truth of self and like spiritually knowing myself. I just didn't have some younger people have that foundation early on. I just, it was there in bits, but it wasn't a solid foundation. So yeah, it was easily like shaken by a lot of that stuff like what a director artistic director executive director like somebody from the school or a company would say would then totally shake me and I would believe then that that was my truth so that was a really interesting learning experience on multiple levels um a very loud voice came through to me um the last day I, I took class at the school and the company I was working with and said, get up and leave now. Wow. My higher self. Yeah. God, you know, it was a really clear, like loud message. One of the loudest I've ever had in my life. And I couldn't shake it. Like, I, I don't know how long I sat there. Not long. I remember going, Oh, yeah. I have to get up and leave. And I packed my bags. I couldn't sustain the weight they wanted me to be. I had a back injury that had healed, but you know, I knew it probably wasn't going to last long. And I left. I walked out. I let them know I was I was leaving, and they wished me well. And they knew, you know, many people had done it before. I was so surprised at their reaction. They were like, "We know. It's okay. Go live your life." I was like, "What? Oh, people do this all the time, I guess, with dance." <laughs> So I left, I started to live a whole new life. I'd been working in the fitness industry, so I'd already become a certified personal trainer. At that point, I think I'd already become a professional trainer, so I was only working with clients one-on-one. I was no longer working like floor hours in the gym, and that evolved into me managing health clubs at a very young age while I was going to school um, at NYU at night, and I was living in New York City this whole time. Um, I then found my way in a very winding path, sort of way that New York City allows. You can really reinvent yourself many, many, many times over in that environment. There's so much opportunity. And I found my way into the advertising world. So I loved operations. I loved managing people. I was a dance captain early on in my dancing career. So I knew I loved that aspect of working with people. So it started to play itself out. I was led to a recruiter who led me to somebody who was a creative director at a small company. And they wanted somebody to help them produce things and manage things. And so I learned project management um, in that experience um, from that creative director. And then he had experience in the advertising industry and said, I really think you should actually go work in an agency. That would be an amazing next experience for you as we were kind of wrapping things up at that company. And I went and I did that. And I, it like a huge light bulb went off once I found that world. And it was like a choreography to me. It was creativity, a group of people making things together. I could see all of the movement of people as a project manager, like choreography. So it just visually all made sense to me in terms of how I could see organizing people and resources. And that kicked off a 17 year career in both advertising agencies. And then I later shifted more into talent management, talent development and recruiting. And so I worked for a recruiting firm as well. Wow, you've had quite a career so far. (laughs) It's been vibrant. It's been full of different experiences. I think now looking back and also now having the business that I have today and the way in which I work with people, I can see that I am very much 
driven by and led by my intuition. I do listen to it. It can, you know, leading up to actually taking that aligned action can have a lot of fear <laughs> and the mind can get really busy and tell you all of the rational reasons why you shouldn't leave the studio or why, why would you switch to fitness or yeah. and the advertising industry is really intense. You know, like there can be all these reasons not to do things, but I've definitely found I've been very action oriented in my life and trying new things. I think that's really interesting that you bring that up because I think a lot of people that I know who are very intuitive seem to switch careers like that because they know like if they get into something and it's like they know they're not in alignment with it, they just jump into something else. I know that's how I was too. Like I, hmm. I started, I was in the business world and I was a finance manager and hated it. <laughs> and I went back to school and got my teaching degree. And so then I started teaching German and then and I was like, well, this is great, but I think there's something more out there. So then went into becoming a Reiki practitioner and a medium and doing all and doing the podcast. So my life has very much taken those turns too. And I think you're right. I think when you're intuitive, most people, I think their lives, they would do that if they were courageous enough to take the risk and to jump into something new. But I think a lot of people are very much held back by fear. Yeah, held back by fear and conditioning is so powerful and the people that we're surrounded by, right? So if the people we're surrounded by oftentimes care for us, of course, but are saying, no, don't do that because for them it would be scary. Yeah. And if we can't separate ourselves from their reflection, right, and say, oh, that's yours. I get it that that would be scary for you to do, but it doesn't feel scary to me. It feels really exciting. I'm going to go do it anyway, but thank you for your... <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. It can be really hard, right, to tease out those boundaries and then start to create space for yourself to take these actions yeah. that are most aligned for us personally and in our own unique expression rather than like other people's projections of who they want yeah. us to be. Yes. I, I just <laughs> did a podcast not too long ago about, and I say this all the time, about listening to your own intuition and following your own heart and not taking the advice of others because others mean well, but they don't have to live with the consequences of your choices. So you do. Right. <laughs> and oftentimes they want you to reflect back to them, their choices so that it can, it creates this continuous loop of, um, validation. Yeah, exactly. Which is not, living truth right that's just this like bouncing back and forth mm -hmm. yeah so there's been multiple aspects of my life that have helped build those muscles and like continually reinforce like oh no when I follow my truth actually really amazing things happen I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep listening to that even though sometimes it would get muddled and that was the next phase like during my period of time in advertising which was amazing and I'm so grateful to that world and that experience. And I work very much in, in connection with and like adjacent to the industry now and in support of people in that world. Um, but I no longer felt like constrained or um, had the like guardrails of my ballet career that was so like constricted and very focused. And so I started drinking and using drugs a lot during that time and expressing myself and finding wonderful, amazing new friends and learning so much more about the world and different people's perspectives and experiences and doing the club scene in New York City and 
expressing myself and my artistic and like creativity from a dance perspective in those environments. So it was all amazing in many regards until a certain point when it wasn't yeah. anymore. <laughs> and I started to behave in ways and cross boundaries and barriers that I had set for myself that I never thought I would. Um, I just was becoming a person I didn't know. I was very fear-based. I um, had a lot of anxiety and depression. I was very then feeling very controlling at work. My work persona then was everything because I didn't know who I was now otherwise. Just went through this period of from self-expression and exploration to getting lost. And I got married and um, had been with my husband for a very long time. So we were together for a long time before that. But then we got married and I wanted to have a child. I'd always felt that call really deeply in me. And I just could not reconcile who I was and how I was behaving with potentially playing that role to another being. I was just like, this makes no sense to me. How am I going to do this? I need to, I wanted to like reduce my drinking and stop using what I think I would have labeled at that time as recreational drugs, but I, but I couldn't stop. So then I was like, oh, this is something else now. So I ended up going to rehab. I asked the company that I was working for at the time to take me. You know, I hit a bottom. I know sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so um, just on Monday, I celebrated 13 years of sobriety. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And that was another one of those moments where the voice wasn't so much a loud, direct, like, get, we need to leave now. It was, this needs to stop now. And I was shown it over about a year period, really, really clearly multiple times. Um, and I finally took that aligned action. Like I listened and was like, all right, I'm just going to take this risk. It's going to change my life. It's going to change my, some of my relationships. I don't know what it's going to mean for me professionally, but I'm going to do it. And that was really a God moment. Like I hadn't prayed in a long time. I hadn't felt connected to something other than myself. I felt like I had to do it all. I had to control it all. I just felt very isolated and like it was kind of me with the world a bit, but more again, like I'm fighting against this world that I think I need to try to like consume things from and get things to feel safe and secure. And none of it ever did for more than a few minutes. Oh, I got the new job. Okay. That feels good for five minutes. Oh, but now I have to do the job. And what if something happens with the company? And I lived through nine 11 in New York city and through major blackout and like all these interesting things that were happening there that were like picking away at like, huh, these systems and structures don't make me feel safe. It's like, why do I believe in them? So that was starting to come in. The spirituality was starting to come in as I then got sober and was like allowing that in like, Oh, this relationship to the universe, the relationship to others, community, sense of um, just all of those like things that I didn't, have any relationship to before when I felt really isolated. So that was hugely powerful in my life and has definitely been a really big part of the creating of Create Radical Love. And then, but I was able to continue on in the advertising industry for um, another 10 years and sober. And it was amazing. It was like, I feel sobriety is very much a superpower. It creates this unbelievable sense of clarity. I know how to ask for help. There is a sense of community that's been created, being of service to others. Like that as a concept I knew of from my family and my upbringing. I, my parents are 
wonderful beings. I was involved in church growing up. I'm from Minnesota originally. Um, you know, I was given a really nice, solid foundation, but the stuff didn't click for me personally and intimately and really know what it means, like with my own flavor and from my own unique expression until I went through this. Like I didn't know much about my neighborhood that I lived in, <laughs> like for years until I got sober because I would go from home to work to maybe a bar, go out at night or have dinner or something and then come back home and then do it all again. And on the weekends, I'd maybe have gone out on a Friday night. So then I'd be hung over Saturday or Sunday and like kind of hiding under the covers, knowing I needed to get groceries and clean the apartment, but the grocery store wasn't far. And like, so my world was so very small. So getting sober was like, oh, there's this whole world right here. And life got very vibrant and very full and healed on many, many levels. I'm so grateful every day for my sobriety. And I talk about it very, very publicly because the guilt and the shame and the fear associated with any addiction, anything related to then recovering from that addiction, there's still so much stigma and so much like sort of belief around it being like a moral failure or something. And it's just not been my experience of it. So I make sure I talk about that really publicly. Um, and, but it gave me so much more information in 10 years of working as a professional person to see how much I was still identifying with external information, feedback, systems, and structures to still complete that whole. Like now I only had a little bit of the whole left that wasn't full from my own knowing of myself and from like doing esteemable acts and showing up and being of service and being a part of various different communities at that point, all of that, my relationships with family and friends, all healed and it's great. And I was like, ugh, but my professional life, I still give all this power to. And I want it to somehow fulfill me and very much could fall into workaholic patterns. Like, no, no, I got to work more. I got to work more hours of the perfectionism from mm -hmm. the dancing and just I think is intuitively in me as well from birth I would in my blueprint like I would apply it there and I was at this point I have now I have a 10 year old son so you know I had him during this period as well and was like he was seven when I decided I'm like no I'm I need to resign from my full-time job and I was at a pinnacle advertising agency they were doing an amazing amount of beautiful work and being very recognized and I was at like a pinnacle role in my career for all I had done so far making more money you know than I had ever made you know it was just like it steadily would increase and that was all in a good place and that I was like wow it's still not totally fulfilling and if all of the boxes are technically ticked and it's still not fulfilling it was that quiet voice came in and said okay you need to leave now and so I resigned and I hired coaches and I had learned from my sober journey to ask for help. And I knew that if I did it on my own, I just knew now intuitively, I would go back into that fear-based thinking. I knew I would be like, well, I have a son and a husband and we live in New York city and Brooklyn. It's expensive. I need to get a job with a good salary associated with it. Like money, safety, security, you know, those like, what I think people would consider basic needs, what I'm coming to find is the basic needs are actually filling oneself mm -hmm. spiritually, like filling oneself with the truth of self. If we do that first and we let and can let and loosen our grip on the other stuff, then it all starts to fall into place. 
So I have a dear friend who I'm working with on a project right now, and she, in a presentation she gave, she flipped Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Wow, that's interesting. Her name is Salamu Hailu, and she's just brilliant. And she's creating this wonderful company called The Human Connection. And I saw that diagram flipped and like self-realization burst, understanding the truth of self first, and then the other aspects of life fall into place from there. And that's very much been my experience like having a bottom from an alcoholic and like drug addiction place and realizing all of the things I believe I have in my life right now could fall away from doing this. Oh, then that connection comes in. Then things can grow and stabilize and be created from there. And then I experienced it again. It was like, oh, I'm leaving what is believed to be the safety and security of a full-time paycheck and health benefits and all of those things associated with a full-time role and having faith. And I use that word really broadly, like not faith in any one version of God or from a religious perspective at all, but just faith in the universe and then faith in self within that, you know? Um, and so I hired coaches and they held space for me. Um, they were people who I had seen on a really powerful, expansive journey and I wanted what they had. And they, in two or three months time, limiting beliefs, I believed I wasn't creative in my own right. I really truly believed I was better at facilitating for others, that like that was my true role and that I didn't have my own vision. Um, you know, just like I was here to be a support person in these types of creative businesses and that's what I would do. And it's, it's a husband and wife team who are my coaches and they would just nod their head and be like, okay, like over the zoom, They'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Let's just keep doing these other things and then see what happens. And I'd be like, oh, okay, and really within two months, one month, one or two months, I still had a notice period that I was working. So that felt really good to like have a little bit of a runway while I was trying some of these new things. And the first month of not going into an office and practice, for me, practicing yoga has been a very powerful part of this journey, increasing my meditation, which I'd been doing for a few years prior to that. So it was those muscles and those experiences were building. So then I could like fully unleash them and <laughs> meditate for a half an hour a day or an hour, you know, and like play with it. It was very powerful. Um, pick up my son from school and just spend the afternoon with him. Like, you know, he held, at one point he held my hand and he said, mom, we were walking home from school. He said, I'm so glad you quit that job. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need any other reflection back. Like that is the confirmation, you know? And I um, started to talk to people about this thesis, let's say, that I had about love being missing from creative businesses, because that was my direct experience in the like business and more corporate world was advertising agencies, marketing communications firms. So creative businesses, and I'm like, it's all about creation and collaboration and ultimately trust on some level to be able to get these ideas through the system. And yet, where is it? And it had, very, it had contracted over the years that I was in the industry, but even more so after the 2008 to 10 recession. It was like sort of how can we do more with fewer people, less time. It just thought the edges were getting harder and harder. And I saw a lot of creative, intuitive, empathic, kind of blue sky thinker people who were very much attracted to that world 
feeling very beat down and very disheartened and like, I just show up every day and I do this job to the best of my ability, but it's not really fulfilling and like, kind of what else? So I started to talk to people about this idea of then radical love because sitting in a boardroom with a CEO and saying, love is missing. Like it just felt, it didn't just, it didn't feel toothy enough. And so radical love from the Christian definition is unconditional love. And I was like, you know what? I just love that whole meaning of all of that. Like if we truly radically love ourselves first, then when we're sitting across the table from anyone, colleague, family member, someone we're interviewing, let's say for a job, like whatever role we're playing, we're then coming to that conversation from a place of empathy and wholeness rather than fear, lack belief, evaluating the person from a place maybe of more of a competitive place or a fear-based place or an not understood, potentially biased place very oftentimes, consciously or unconsciously. And I was like, oh, this, like that, like the root, not the how do we fix it in all of these, you know, all of the symptoms. How do we get to the root? And so then out of a meditation, after a month of being out of the office, create radical love as an actual thing, like an approach. I would coach people, I guess. I was like, is that, would I do that? Is that a thing? Like it really felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, and I wrote it all down and I called my coaches and I was like, um, I think I'm going to do this. And they were like, ah, <laughs> you know, like, oh, so it's not the full-time jobs you're still interviewing for. Okay. Yay. <laughs> I just we went on vacation for a few weeks. I let it sit and like allow time and space too, and like breath around things. Like that was definitely not a part of like that fast paced creation world of business. And I came back and I registered the business. I'd been talking to some people along the way in August about that. I would be maybe holding this type of role, holding this type of space for people where there's like a blank canvas about how they would express themselves in their lives rather than, particular role that I might have had open as a recruiter. And I realized that that felt just, I didn't know that that's what I was craving until it was created. And then I was like, oh, that's what I was missing. So that's the funny thing about following your truth. You don't know the answer. You don't know the how. You just step into it and then it makes sense. You're like, oh, that's what I was confused about before. That's what didn't feel aligned before. And I registered the business and didn't have a website. I hired a financial advisor because that was one area of my life that felt really dark and unclear and I didn't feel educated enough. And so I had lots of like limiting beliefs about that too. Right. And then look, I've created a company. I have a vision. Um, I am creative. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. That word was triggering to me as well early on. And like, so within a few months time, all of that stuff fell away. I started dancing again, which really helped like remember my creativity and my whole body and my system. And I had clients a couple weeks later and it's been two and a half years. And I have a business that, you know, is part of supporting our family. My husband has his own business. We moved from New York city about six months. We planned the move about six months after um, taking this leap and moved a year after. Um, so we live in Richmond, Virginia now and created more space and, less financial pressure, which is great in terms of creativity. If you can lessen the financial pressures, it's just amazing the ease that that creates. 
around creating and then designing a life that you really want. Like I believed I had to be there for years because of my particular career path, which was totally just a belief. I could have done it lots of other places, but yeah, that was limiting. So I'll come. I'll come get you in a second. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> That's my son. <laughs> it is okay. all That's one thing, you know, about working from home. And I think before this whole COVID thing, people did not understand that at all. They would say, well, I could hear your dog barking in the background, or I could hear this, or I could hear that. I'm like, yeah, I work from home. And yes. I think now so many people have to do it. They realize, oh my gosh, yeah, it's so hard to work from home. I know. I really love the like softening of the edges of all of it, right? When I was talking about the compartmentalization. Yeah, we school our son from home. Um, we've been doing that for the two years that we've lived here in Virginia. So that's been awesome because we had that in place before this time has happened. My husband has his business and he has a, he's a fitness consultant and a personal trainer. And so he has his back building on the property that's um, like a really big oversized, almost shed like construction that is his gym. So he, so we feel like we kind of have our separate spaces. Yeah. Um, but yes, they're here. I have, you know, my, my clients get used to the like, hold on a second. I just yeah. need to answer the question, right? Like where's the iPad or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a beautiful part of having it all together. I love how you were talking about, well, your whole story, but really, especially when you were talking about your business, because I can relate in so many ways. Whenever mm -hmm. I started my business, I knew nothing <laughs> about anything. I knew nothing. I didn't know anything about podcasting. I didn't know anything about having a business. I knew absolutely zero when I started. And I don't know why I felt this need to just jump in head first without a life jacket, but something within me knew I had a life jacket. Something within That's me right. knew the universe has your back. You know, you're not going to fail if you, if you believe in yourself and you go for it and you try, even if it's not successful, you're going to learn something, you know? Right. So I thought, okay, I'll just jump, jump in, go for it. So I started recording podcasts and started with maybe five listeners. That's right. And you slowly build that up. And I think that this is the, the area and this is why I think people need coaches because they yes. need someone to help them see what they're not seeing in themselves, which is right. that belief of, you know, you can do it. And some people will come to me and they'll say, I don't even know. I know this isn't where I'm supposed to be. I know I'm not fulfilled, but I don't even know where to start. Yeah. And that's where I think that coaching is so beneficial because we can, help people really see where their purpose is. It sounds like you use your intuition when you do your coaching and I do too. And that I think is what gives you an edge over just, I think all coaches are great, but when people use their intuition and their gifts to help in coaching, it's so awesome because the information isn't just coming from us. It's coming from that person's higher self and That's right. from their guides. And we're telling you, you know, what we're getting is actually coming from your blueprint, your Akashic record. You That's know. right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Isn't it amazing? Like I have conversations with people and what seems to me in my rational mind, the weirdest like suggestion 
or a strange word or like what just feels like, I don't know where this is coming from. I wouldn't make this up even if I tried. So I feel I need to relay it through to you. The more I've done this now, the more I trust that. And the more I really like whatever's coming through is purely just a reflection back. Like if I can provide as clear and as neutral a reflection and just say to the client, well, I've heard you say that this is your highest excitement. This is what lights you up most. So let's refocus on that, right? Let's get back to that. Maybe the mind or someone else in their life is saying like, oh, maybe don't. And that's created or an old limiting belief is like coming back to create some sort of contraction. It's so, that is, I agree with you 100%, the power of coaching and asking for help in life. Mm-hmm. And it can look a lot of different ways for some people. Maybe it's a period of time of therapy and, and that's helpful in terms of getting a sense of background information and an understanding of self and patterns and that aspect on the psychological side. For some, it might be whatever the help is, whether it's a trainer for a period of time and you have a realization through that because it's come through your body or whether it's diet or whatever. But it's, I just, having the inspiration from others, I find allows us to take those blinders off that are part of the human condition. I really do believe like the mind is doing its job. The subconscious is doing its job to like replay past information of things we've learned about ourselves that we think are keeping us safe. But usually the truth and the excitement, if we don't feel like we're living from that place and living expansively, it's usually like right on either side or both sides of those blinders. Mm-hmm. It's right in the peripheral. It's rarely like some far off thing that like doesn't exist or is hard to find. The thing is usually right there, like almost whispering in your ear mm-hmm. and to have somebody say, it's right there yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. You're not going to die. Right. You're not right. Cause the mind immediately wants to go to survival, right? Oh, but how would I make money doing that thing? What would people think if I did that thing? Right. And stepped into my truth. Right. So there's all of this like protection of self self-image as well as the survival instinct. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that most people, their biggest downfall is their fear of judgment from others. Yes. That's what I, I hear all of the time. And I understand it because I remember when I first started doing this podcast and um, when I wrote my book, I thought, oh my gosh, like I can't, like if I get out there and if I do these Facebook lives and like the people I work with are going to see this and they're going to think right. that I'm so weird. And you know, they did, they did say like, well, what is this about? Well, what were you? And they would ask questions, but no one ever treated me like I was weird or anything. And they would, you know, it was just a separate thing. And slowly some people started supporting my business and, you know, like they bought my book when it came out and things like that. But awesome. I was not judged the way that I had made it in my mind. Like I had so much fear around that. And finally, when I just said, you know what? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what people think of you. And that's what I've chosen to keep for me is as a reminder is it doesn't matter what people think of you because the ones that matter will love you no matter what. Yep. And the rest will fall away and it's no big deal. And I think that that's what people fear the most is they, a lot of my listeners are reformed people pleasers are still in that process of letting that go. <laughs> yes. I'm in recovery from that myself. <laughs> yes. Yep. So a big part of that is the fear around what will people think? What will people say? 
Um, and especially, you know, I've had listeners reach out and say it's even their spouse, you know, I'm of course, It's oftentimes people. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. And what will, what will they think? And they're going to think I'm weird. And I've just found that you have to, you're not going to feel fully fulfilled until you just let go That's right. and follow your own path. Um, and it's kind of like skydiving. There's a, a part of me that's like, you have to do it. Like you have to, this is something you've always wanted to do and you have to do it. Um, and you get up there and I've done something that's kind of similar to that. And the whole time, like, I don't, I don't want to do this, but you have to do this, but I don't want to do it. But you have to, because you're not going to be happy until you do it. Yep. And so I just went up there and let go and did it. And it was the most amazing feeling. And it was awesome. And I'm so glad I did it. But I think that people, that's how they feel in life. Like, okay, I need to do it, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Because what are people going to think? And yep. But you're never going to feel that satisfaction and the fulfillment until you just do it. Yeah. feel like Nike, just do it. That word fulfillment is yeah. so um, nourishing. Mm -hmm. If we do, and you can do it. I oftentimes work with clients in a way where, you know, it's – it's not necessarily ripping the whole bandaid off at once either, which the mind kind of wants to imagine like, Ooh, right. I'm going to come out with this new expression of myself, whether professionally or otherwise, like, and what are people going to think? And everything's going to change. It doesn't really happen like that. Even in the, I've made some pretty dramatic moves multiple times in my life that have had, you know, major shifts on like the whole experience of my life. But after that initial leap, then things slowly filter through that leap. Like, okay, then this is settling in over here. Okay, this is healing over there. Okay, the next steps are becoming clear here. So it's rarely the dramatics that the mind creates to try to protect us and keep us safe. I yeah. find all the mind is trying to do is keep us safe from future feelings. Yeah. My coach would say that. It's like, um, what was the phrase that he used? Um, future tripping. Like it's just the mind is just projecting off into the future of some feeling because it does you don't want to maybe feel whatever that big or scary or sad or heavier feeling is. And so your mind tries to tell you all the ways not to do the thing to feel that potential feeling. But what I find happens is if you do the thing, you feel fulfilled. You're actually like, oh wow, this feels awesome. Maybe then the next unknown thing is starting to come that you could feel a little bit fear about. Oh, but I've just done the thing that feels more fulfilling. So now I have learned experience to trust and have faith. And so now I'll go try the next thing that feels a little bit scary. And that cycle is empowerment. Yeah. That's self-confidence and that's empowerment. And I used to think that you were either like born with that or not. Like I would always be sort of confounded about like dancers I would dance with who seemed more solid in themselves and seemed to have more confidence. And I'd be like, it was fleeting for me. I'd have it for periods of time and then I wouldn't. So I thought it was something people had or they didn't. And now I'm coming to find it's from taking aligned action with your intuition, with your truth, you leap. There's usually some really great information. Yeah. Even if it isn't totally aligned, it's not a mistake. It's um, just another experience. It's information. Oh, okay. But I didn't die. I'm okay. I can take the next one. And yeah. that cycle is, it, it continues. It just never ends. It's the most fascinating thing for me to experience. Like three years into this now, and I'm like, oh, 
it's not waning. It's, uh, it's got so much energy behind it. And what it does to the vibratory state, like just the increasing of the vibratory state within this conversation we're having about intuition, I find is like the nuanced understanding then of like who I am. How do I feel? How do I feel about whatever it is? It can be mundane things, which is fun to play with. Like what I'm going to eat today or what, how I'm going to move my body today or are these conversations that I have on my calendar really exciting to me or not? Like maybe something needs to fall away because that doesn't actually feel aligned and that would lower my vibratory state. And that living in that space then continues to create that energy and alignment to truth and following right now what feels like my highest excitement and my calling, which is helping people in this way. And it just keeps, it's like a self-fulfilling experience. It's amazing. I love that. And I think what you're saying too is so true is you don't have to rip the bandaid off all at once. You know, people need to understand it's taking one step. So when you work with a coach, they're not telling you, you have to throw away everything you've already created right now to start. It's take one step at a time. So when I work with clients, sometimes they'll say to me, well, I don't like my career, but I don't know what to do. And I'll say, well, my first step would be, you kind of know what you're interested in and what you'd like to do. So go look at what classes could you take, take one class in that field. Um, And there's so many resources out there now, like they even have online classes that are very cheap or, you know, reasonable that you can say, okay, I'm going to take this one class to see if this is really, if I take it, if I'm really going to like what I'm learning here. And if that, because I feel like when you, when you do something and it's in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing, you feel that in your soul. That's right. It's, you know, you know, that's your truth because it feels like you, you just feel it in every part of your being that this is my truth. Yep. And so I think people need to let go of the fear surrounding working with coaches because you're not going to have to totally, you know, give everything up. And I think that's what people are afraid of. Like, oh, I, I'm so comfortable with this. I don't want to, it's stepping outside your comfort zone that people don't like. Yeah. But I say you never find excitement if you just stay where you're comfortable. The real excitement is when you step outside that yeah. comfort zone. So I think that that's an amazing thing. So if someone would want to work with you, how um, might they be able to work with you? Sure. So the most direct place to find me, I would say, is on my website, which is createradicallove.com. And there's multiple places in there to click the connect button and send me an email. And um, I outline briefly the various ways in which I work with people. And I really, that's also something that was um, felt confining to me in previous roles was the focus on certain types of people or at certain points in their life experience. And I've always been really interested in all of it. And yet a lot of the messaging in the work or in the world is niche, right? Like having a specialty and, oh no, you'd be spreading yourself too thin or whatever, all those different stories. So I've found it's taken me now the two and a half years to expand the breath, but I work with people from students in, let's say, graduate programs. If they're in the advertising industry, they're in what can be called portfolio programs, getting a portfolio together to then 
shop and you know put out into the industry to get uh, jobs early on. So I work with people and I have a special program called Next Gen Next Level Life and Career Coaching for people at that earlier point professionally. And I'm using that now with folks outside the advertising industry as well. So it's really cool to see that grow across different career paths or excitements. And then I'd say the bulk of the work that I do is with people more at the senior end of their career journey, whether, you know, using sort of corporate terms like director level and above to CEO, founders, CFOs, chief strategy officers, chief creative officers, like those folks who are, who've had all of these experiences and then are now having the now what moment, you know, and especially in this time, so many people are evaluating who they are in the world, evaluating all of these systems and structures, what is really true, what is safety and security, we're all basically being asked in this time to walk through life with our own and from our own guidance because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of centralized guidance no. <laughs> coming globally, <laughs> no, sure. nationally, you know, if we're talking about the United States. So it's very much a time to understand one's own compass, one's own truth, one's own purpose. So I have individual coaching programs for folks across that whole spectrum of life experiencing, let's say but in relation to their professional trajectories. And then I also work with businesses. Also coached families. I've taken my small business coaching approach and have used that with a couple families. And it's been absolutely amazing to create like a personal calling for each, generally more of the parents and the family, but then the family together with the children creates a mission statement for the family. That has been interesting. the most beautiful work. So that's been really fun. Um, I then do the small business coaching and then I work with larger businesses, oftentimes some relationship to marketing and advertising world, um, coaching employees, creating workshops, facilitating workshops or um, operational clarification from a place of love. And that's what I say to everybody I work with, individual clients to business clients. It's a life coaching approach. I don't necessarily love the term coach. And then what word do you use to describe looking at the whole totality of your experience? Okay, life. But people know what those two words mean. And so it's a quick get an indicator of the approach. So it's so awesome. It's great to work with people in business and yet give them the time and space to look at themselves. Like, how are you taking care of yourself? What lights you up most? Let's look at your vibratory state. Let's look at your excitements, your inspirations. Let's like bolster them so that then when you show up in this role, in this particular organization, company, business, you're bringing your whole self. You're bringing your truth. You're bringing your excitement. And it's amazing how clarifying that can be. And oftentimes people stay in the roles, but they're able to do it from a much more inspired place. And then sometimes people choose, they get the clarity and they choose to shift and do something else. So that's generally an outline of the various ways in which I work with people from a coaching perspective. Um, And yeah, people can reach out to me about any and all of that um, directly from my website. And then I'm also on social media on Facebook as Benita Condi and on Instagram as Benita underscore Condi. 
Okay, that's great. And I am also going to have her contact information in the description to this podcast. So if you didn't catch it while you were listening, don't worry, just go back to the show notes and you'll have her social media information as well as her email so and website so you can contact her directly. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. This was such an awesome conversation. And I think that there are a lot of businesses that could benefit from having someone like you come in because I think that at least when I was working in the business world, that was what was missing for me was that, you know, the, the feeling of your higher self being involved in that whole process. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful way to put that, right? Like if we're talking to each other from our higher selves, in that type of environment, how powerfully can it be focused, used for good, shifted? And that's so much of what all the hearts in the world are calling out for right now. Like even yes, if absolutely. the systems and structures and fears and lack of beliefs that keep it sort of rooted in some other expressions <laughs> right now, we feel it. The call from everybody is a, a, a full experienced approach, an empathetic approach a connection from higher self to higher self mm-hmm. and that I'm doing multiple different collaborations with people I often do talks and workshops with people in various different ways and creating from that place I can't stress to people enough is so different where you're both higher self to higher self there's a singleness of purpose or a really clear intention to be of service first rather than like a consuming fear-based model. And then if somebody needs to shift away, they shift away. And there's, it's no big deal. There's no drama. If some new inspiration comes in, oh, we can pivot. And that's awesome. And so it's been really fun to play with creating like businesses, quote unquote, projects, creations. And yet it doesn't have any of that sticky negative fear-based limiting energy to it and that is so what i vision and envision and see for future creation collaboration business in the world and it's possible so it's fun i feel like there's this infiltration happening of many of us speaking this and living this and it's very much attraction yeah. Rather than promotion, like living this way, working with one person, one entity, one organization at a time, and people nod their heads the whole time. Like, yes, yeah. I want more of that. Yes, that feels right. It's just been the how. Yes. It freaks people out. And then that's yeah. where coaching is such a powerful <laughs> support. Yes, exactly. I agree with you totally. And I cannot wait. I'm sure we are going to hear more from you and all the amazing things that you're doing. So I wish you well and good luck and please continue to do that awesome work. Thank you. And you thank too. you for being here today. My pleasure. <laughs> and again, if uh, you want to um, get a hold of Benita, you can look at uh, all of the contact info in the description to this podcast. I want to thank you guys for being here with me today and for joining me. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please share it with others. Please leave a review from wherever you're listening because that helps others to find me, which helps me to spread my message. And I want to thank you so much for those of you who have already done that. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook where I do a free card reading. And I also post videos to Instagram and IGTV. So don't forget to follow me there. If you'd like to work with me, 
you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com, where you will see a list of all of the services I offer. You can purchase a service from my offerings page and then contact me to schedule. All of my sessions are done through Zoom. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I am sending you guys so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.